Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. I am your crazy host, as some people would say, and I might be a host of a virus. I can't confirm nor deny that. But I want to talk about where we are right now. We're in Costa Rica. If you've been following along, that's... uh, and thank you so much for doing that. Um, tonight we did a night tour, so I just want to talk a little bit about what we saw, what to expect if you've never done one, uh, and also talk about a few other things at night, some interesting night attractions, that uh, natural night attractions, not uh, not strip clubs or anything like that. That might be another podcast for another time. I've been to Bangkok, Thailand. So, yeah, we'll talk about uh, that industry later. Won't be as detailed as you think, because in Bangkok, uh, pretty much the stripper poles (laughs) go right into the sidewalk. And that's an attraction just to get you into the bars for other nefarious activities. So, uh, yeah, I didn't think the podcast would go this direction. But, yeah, the the night tour, uh, the jungle night tour. So in Costa Rica, I'm hopefully uh, uh, sure that you're aware of all the different floral and fauna a variety of species that they do have here and that's part of their uh, their main economy is ecotourism and preserving that is uh, number one priority here and doing a night tour is, is a way of seeing things that you w- will never see in the daytime and it depends on if it's rainy or dry season what you will see some things are you know more they come out at different times and if uh moon phases also play a big role in what you will see when and where and i was one thing i've always wanted to see and i got to see but the guide um, kind of was up front and if you ever have experience maybe hunting or something like that full moon is always the worst for seeing animals they just don't like to get out and move around during this time when you have a full moon or bright full moon. So he was a little uh, hesitant to guarantee we would see any snake activity at all or uh, see much of, uh, usually that's their lowest time of seeing animal activities. When the full moon's out, that's a time you probably want to avoid. So if you're on a, uh, a trip, have a look at the moon phase before you book the trip if you're there long enough, right? If if you're there, like, say, two weeks, book it on either end of the trip away from a full moon is a general rule. But our trip was really good and saw more than expected, so you can never guarantee you will or will not see something because it is nature, and everything's subject to change, and it's not... It's not guaranteed. But I uh, also like night activities because uh, my favorite type of diving in scuba diving is night diving. 
because everything is much more vibrant in color than in the daytime. That's something that a lot of people don't think about if you've never done anything at night like that, like go in, a, in the jungle at night, or if you scuba dive to go uh, dive reefs or wrecks at night, because the the color of different animals or plants, coral reefs, sponges, is going to be much more vibrant when your light hits them because that's the only light source that is reflecting the light. Or the, the source of light is only from your flashlight to the object, let's say a sponge or a flower. Well, in the daytime, the sun is coming through the atmosphere, bouncing off a billion other different things. It's coming in all around uh, your vision and your peripheral vision and glaring into your eye. The UV haze is, depends on how far the object is, obviously, but then the UV uh, like pollution, uh, like light pollution in the daytime is affecting the color of what you're seeing. So when you're underwater, it's basically like a big mirror. Everything's the lights bouncing off of, of, of just, uh, you know, up, down, and sideways. It, it's coming in uh, from the side of your eyes. And you can have great experiences in the daytime, and it is. I mean, most dives are in the day, but at night, you don't have that interference. And also, uh, animals are more active. And, of course, it's the same as going on the night tour. Different ones come out at night. Or in the ocean, they come from deeper. And where they'll be in the daytime, maybe a, a thousand feet deep, they come up at the night to feed. Also, you have bioluminescence that you never get to see in the daytime. Uh, you get to see it at night. And we got to see a beetle. Uh, unfortunately, I don't remember the name of it, but it's a it's a beetle maybe two inches long, and it has two spots on its back, and they glow super bright, and they stay on. Uh, it's like a firefly, but it it doesn't blink. The, the it's not like the tail that blinks. It can it actually stays on. I think it would be really interesting if you could shoot like a long exposure on the camera. You would see like a trail, but it. We were in a small group, but, uh, yeah, so really don't have time to set up for that and over, over one beetle. So uh, th they can have the same color uh, as a lightning bug, the green, the bright green, and they have the, the two dots to attract mates. But they can also switch the color to, uh, I, th I think when they're flying, they switch it to like orange color like a yellowish orange so they can actually change those colors so that's something you're, you're definitely not going to see in the daytime and um, since it's a dry season here the snakes are not going to be active at all in the daytime so that might be for better <laughs> if you don't like snakes and understandably because in the the jungle and rainforest, it's not uh, it's not anything to play around with, and that that's a bit shocking when you are in the jungle before the the sun sets. 
and then you stay till after the sunset. So we were actually in uh, the most famous park in Costa Rica. It's called uh, Manuel Antonio. It has gorgeous beaches, huge, uh, pristine, protected forest, and it's actually the oldest, the, the oldest protected forest in Costa Rica. It's quite small compared to it's it's not in size not going to compare to something like Yellowstone. It's nothing like that. It's actually very small. You can walk it in a half day, but the species you'll see uh, is is quite astonishing. How many are in such a small area? And uh, at night, though, places that you've walked over a million times and seemingly nothing's there. They're just hiding, but they are there. As soon as that sun goes down and you start moving with a flashlight, you everything comes alive. And you realize if you have to walk through the jungle at night, uh, your chances of getting, getting bitten by something that's going to put you down is quite high because on that trail that we had it was a full moon you could see probably almost enough to walk through uh, uh we were going through actually a chocolate uh a chocolate farm and coffee plantation so it was coffee and chocolate and we were going from in between their growths into the forest as well but it, it was a it was a, a path that you could actually see to walk so if you needed to go from the road to let's say uh, the house that some of those people live in you could very easily have stepped on a few of the fertilants that we did see and that was something I have always wanted to kind of see and take a picture of and I was able to do that is the fertilance which is a it's a viper so it has quite long teeth uh, depending on the size of it and the one we saw was wasn't fully grown and mature which they get you know, six feet long. He wasn't that big. I mean, that's a huge snake. But they they all have like uh, like rattlesnake teeth because they are vipers in the same family. And the, even the color pattern looks like that. So in the daytime, if you did step over one or near one, you you're not going to see it because they blend in with the with the ground and the leaf the the patterns on their back blend in with the leaves. So it's uh it's a very dangerous snake and it's also a snake that doesn't uh, give any warning it it likes to uh, just coil up and that's the picture I have of it it's coiled up because it was in the path and it could feel our vibration as we're walking to it so it was already coiled up and it doesn't have the defense mechanism to uh, want to maybe run away it wants to hide so it will just coil up and hope you avoid it but that's uh, very easy to step on because you don't see it. So instead of it probably wanting to just run away, it's going to play a waiting game and see if you step on it. And then if you step on it, you're, you're hit, and it's, it's pretty rough. And uh, we did actually take a, a, a trip with a went in the mangroves, kayaking through the mangroves, and our guide, his mother, was actually... Uh, handicap from a fertilance bite when she was quite young. I think he said 15 or 16 years old. She just stepped off her porch, stepped on one, it bit her in the leg. It caused um, 
like a lot of deterioration in her leg from ankle all the way up into her thigh. And he said she has a scar now from where it ate so much of her uh, muscle tissue out of her leg. Uh, she did survive and still has her leg, but she was handicapped. And he said she has a very limited mobility out of that leg from the time she was 16. So nothing to play around with. It, but we did get to see a couple of those, so saw a few of those. Saw uh, the notorious red-eyed tree frog that I was really suspicious that we'd get to see because it's so dry, and this is the end of the dry season, which is the most visited time of year. And that's something to not avoid is, is weather, and I, I know I talk about this a lot in my podcast and always will do not I, I know like with the full moon and trying to plan around things and a lot most of the time you you want pretty much blue skies but today I, uh, I, I didn't care if it was raining or not I'm going because that's the experience that uh, the, the experience shouldn't depend upon having the perfect sky, like a sunny sky, or having it rain on your party, as, you know, the cliche is. Well, a lot of times you can get more or a different experience when it's raining than if not. So don't let that try to put you off or cancel plans because it is raining. I understand some things are dependent upon it. You really do have to have good weather, but... Uh, when it comes to, to nature, it's still, it's a different experience and you, you'll see different things if it's raining, uh, like the Milford Sound uh, that comes to mind in New Zealand. It rains there. It is something crazy, like 280 days a year that it's hammering the rain. So you're going to see it in the rain. The fog's going to be coming in. So it sets a different mood than maybe you're used to or uh, maybe that's what you're going for uh, and what if it's sunny because when we went there it was sunny <laughs> even though we were expecting it to have a lot of uh, clouds and uh, heavy rain moving in but uh, you, you take what uh, you can get so don't get down or disappointed because the weather doesn't cooperate take it uh, I guess mentally prepare yourself to whatever comes to enjoy it in in that way because that's what the day gave you that's what the trip is giving you don't say well it rained me out uh no it, it didn't rain you out uh you just have a different experience it doesn't mean it's a bad experience so with those frogs they're heavily dependent upon having a lot of rain and a lot of water because we were going through the, the chocolate farm they have to have a lot of uh, hydration systems for the <clears throat> chocolate plants to grow so some of the frogs instead of they, they don't go into it's not a hibernation but they do go in a, a state where they really slow down their metabolism they do not move <clears throat> to conserve energy let me grab a drink of water really quick sorry Like I said, it's very dry. I've been inhaling a lot of dust. 
over the past couple of days. So anyway, that you have the water there, so those tree frogs were visible enough for me to take some cool pictures of. Again, uh, go to my Instagram. It is BJ Jones Adventure. BJ Jones Adventure. You can add me there, and I post pictures and uh, upcoming. Uh, you'll get to see everything that I'm mentioning. Also, we got to see a lot of poison dart frogs, uh, little little tiny things, uh, but absolutely stunning color, and as I'm sure you're aware. We did not get to see any sloths at night. I've, we've got to see tons during the day, but none at night. And if you're traveling and going through the jungle, your chances of seeing a sloth by yourself without a guide telling you where they're going to be is probably zero. That, w that would be my guess, because they're sloths. And as you know, the, uh, uh, the moss actually and algae just grows on them. So they literally almost grow into the tree. So they do not move. You're not going to see them. And in the jungle or rainforest, the trees are so tall, they'll be 100 foot off the ground. And your chances of picking one out are not good. Mine, I did actually spot a couple on my own without maybe seeing a guy already looking at it and knowing in the general area. But I did pick a couple out of isolated ones. One, because it was hanging kind of awkwardly in the tree, so it wasn't in the base like between branches, because if they lay between two branches as the branch comes out, uh, it it looks like the tree, and it's not going to move. They come down once a week, so okay, yeah. If you see one walk coming down the once a week that it does to use the toilet, and that's how they how the guides find them. It's not the guys are the guides are eagle eyes. They they know the trees that they're in because they've already scoped out. Oh, this is where they use the bathroom. So now start looking up. You just don't go through the jungle looking, you know, two hundred feet in the sky, trying to find one because that'll never happen. And by you walking under them, they're not going to move because you're no threat to them at that distance. So they're not. It's not like you're going to spook one. So they they know where approximately where they're going to be between a tree or two. But uh, I was able to spot a, a couple of them. But that was during the daytime. At night, it would have been interesting. But yeah, I saw some with babies. That was it was kind of cute. They have a really dopey smile, just a, a very wide grin. <laughs> and the, the the babies do seem to be a little little more active than the adults I think that applies to just life in general but by sloth terms it's still it's pretty slow but they, they do crawl around a little bit like around the mom and go off onto a branch so your chances of seeing if they do have a baby that's what you'll see moving but uh, yeah I, I hopefully have some good pictures with the camera it's kind of hard to tell in the um on the screen on the camera until I get it on the computer and look. I don't know. I don't know if it actually, because a lot of times I see, a, or I think I have a picture. Like, this is going to be 
great picture, everything's in focus. Then it actually turns out to be a little bit blurry, and then vice versa. A lot of things I, I was like, I actually missed that one. It actually turns out really good. So I can't really filter my pictures in camera. I have to get them on a get them on my computer screen and go through them. This would be a tedious one because I took so many pictures on this trip. So many pictures. But back to the the night tour. Um, the banana farmers in, I think he said, like the, the 40s or 50s brought over banana trees and, and uh, started making plantations with those. And it's... Uh, a spider that hopped over with those was, I think it's, uh, let me double check that to get the name. It's a very freaky looking spider and one that if you got bit by would ruin not only your day, but probably your life. Let me just double check this name just to make sure. Because I have some cool pictures of that. Also, saw tarantulas, of course. That's quite common. Just make sure. Mm. No, that's not it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to have you listening to me play around on Google, but uh, something interesting about that exact plantation that we, uh, it's where we were, that our guide has, uh, speaking of the Fertilance, so I have this big, nasty, powerful snake on that plantation he took us to the spot too where they witnessed and filmed one of these spiders attacking he said they heard something in the in the uh just in, in the leaves rolling around making noise so they were like oh, what is this whatever they just looked and was shocked to see the spider taking down a fertilance snake so if that tells you how creepy these spiders are that should, because, you know, I mean, this is like the cousin to the rattlesnake with a more potent bite than that, and it's getting taken out by a spider. Yeah. You want to go on the night tour? And you should, because I think you'll be alright. Let's see, spider... Banana plants. I thought it was like hmm. Well, well, well. Is it like the Brazilian wandering spider? No oh God, no, that's not it. I thought it was called. 
Ecuadorian. I thought it was called like Ecuadorian man killer or something. Something, you know, something wild like that, which it would. Oh, got a lot of cocaine searches there. Ecuadorian man killer spider. What do they call it? Yeah, is it called Goliath? Uh, yeah, Goliath bird eater. Oh. I don't think that one was it. This guy wasn't. Harry. Goliath bird eater. Yeah, that's not him either. Well, anyway, I think you get the point. So, I was fortunate enough to get to take pictures of that guy.